Well, we're moving in our series, and it's called Beyond Blessed. Beyond Blessed. And, and there's a weird question. It's like, well, what does Beyond Blessed even look like? There's Living Beyond Blessed is actually the name of this particular message. And, and it, what it looks like is this. You, you think, well, I'm, I'm either blessed or I'm not. I, I mean, when I'm blessed, I'm blessed, right? What's, what is Living Beyond Blessed? And there's an example. If you live in America, you know, some of us just got back from Honduras, if you live in America and, and Jesus truly is Lord of all in your life, you are extremely blessed. Let me just put some life in perspective for you. Uh, poverty here is not really poverty, by the way. And you want to see some poverty, let me take you to a place where they, it is poverty, and life is just poverty stricken. But that's, that's blessed. You are extremely blessed in that case. However, beyond blessed is you are not only all those things, you are able to, Lord, Jesus is Lord of all of your life, you are able to randomly bless other people as God speaks to you. Now, not only are you blessed, but you're beyond blessed. So it's, it, there's, this, there's this shift that begins to happen whenever you start to think, wait a minute, uh, I'm being blessed and I'm being resourced. Well, now, now things begin to change around and I become the resource. Now, this is not talking about materialism. We're not talking about getting things. That's not at all what we're talking about. We're talking about being a blessing. We can bless. I want to remember, remind you, the word, one of the words for praise that we used last week was barak. I know I mentioned it earlier, but barak. And that word for praise means to kneel down or bow. And I, I use this, uh, an, this, this uh, synonym, so to speak, this analogy for you have that family member, and there's this person that it, you know or a family member, and no matter when you come around, when, every time you come around, it's like they've been thinking about you or they, they have something that they want to bless you with. You didn't ask for it. You didn't necessarily want it. You didn't even need it, but they just blessed you. And that's how God is. And that's how one of the words for praise is an expectation of knowing when I come into the throne room, when I come before the Father, and I kneel down before him because of his goodness, not because of my entitlement, but because of his goodness, I know he's going to bless me with something that I may not even deserve. I didn't know that I needed it. I didn't necessarily wanted it. I didn't ask for it. But his goodness is what blesses us. Now, that's exactly, we're talking about being godly. That's exactly what God wants to turn you into. Where you are so in tune with his voice, in the moment that he says, I want you to resource, I want you to be a blessing to this individual, that you literally, they didn't ask for it, you knew they needed it because you heard from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and on prompting of the Holy Spirit, you decided to be a blessing, living beyond blessed. That's exactly what that is. And some may say, well, well, Pastor Nathan, I remember us talking about this last year, and, and we, we got generous and we began to give, but, I, but I'm still in debt. Well, okay, there's, there's a two-part deal to this thing, and so it's important, it's very important that we, we give, that's being generous. However, it's like this, without the second component of this, it's like being on a mission trip, and you're in, your, and you're in a tight van, and you've been ministering all day, and you, you, you smell something unique, and you say to your seatmate, did you, did you bathe today? And they're like, well, I put deodorant on. Now, that's good. But that doesn't necessarily fix the problem. So being generous is really good, but it doesn't necessarily fix the problem. There's a second huge component to this whole thing that really makes it work, and that's called stewardship. Stewardship. Now, stewardship is not a bad name, 
And I know many people start thinking, oh, goodness, this is when they start talking about stewardship. They're going to have this long campaign because he's going to raise money to pay for something or, or try to get some money for something. No, that's not what this is. That's not stewardship. That's not what we're talking about stewardship. Or, oh, it's that annual stewardship message series, and so he's just trying to get something. No, that's not, that's not what this is at all. Stewardship is very important if we're going to grow. Stewardship has every as- in it, is in every aspect of our life. You think about your life as a wheel. You have emotional life. You have a spiritual life. You have a physical life. You have a mental life. You have a life of servanthood. And you do have a financial life. And if you're not stewarding really well all of those, you're going to be flat. Anybody ever had a car that sat for a very long time and the steel belt inside that tire just went flat on where it was sitting? Well, when you drive that car, it's da-doom, 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 da-doom. Now, it's perfectly round except for in that one little spot where it's been sitting for two years. And that's how life is if we're not properly stewarding every area of our life. We're running flat. And you wonder, why, why does it feel so rough around here? Why does it feel so, so flat? Why, what's going on? Well, it's time to steward well, steward better that area of your life. And that's a blessing that God begins to bring highlights to that. Now, now if we let emotions run our lives, well, then we're not submitting that area of life unto the Lord so that he can give us wisdom and how to steward. And finances just happens to be one of those things that we really struggle with stewarding. Okay? You got me? So I, even with Equip Track, that's one of the things that we do. And by the way, our next one is November 10th. We really help you steward your blessings, the gifts and talents that God has gifted you with. And if you've never been through our Equip Track, I really hope you register. We'll, we'll, we'll share, share with you a little bit of our culture, who we are, why we do what we do, what we're all about. But then we also help you find, discover those spiritual gifts. And, and, and I talked about it a little bit last week, but whenever we were, did this in Honduras, you just saw a valley of dry bones just come awake. It was like God just poured out a river of living water over 40 or some 40 liters. And all of a sudden, they saw on paper what was already in them, and they just came to life. And I, I, we want that for every one of you that come through here. So Equip Track, register online. It's going to be immediately following the second service next week. But to, be, to live beyond blessed, it takes two legs. It takes two legs. It's not talking about the blessed checkbook, not talking about the blessed wallet. We're talking about the blessed life. In general, the blessed life. And to get somewhere, you actually have to be able to use both aspects of this. Two legs, you've got to go one, two, one, two, one, two, right? And so it's the same with generosity and stewardship. Two legs to get in one direction that God is leading you to do. However, you can be generous, but if you're not a good steward, God will never leave the, the windows of heaven, heavens over you so that he can bless you. Why? Because you won't manage it well. You won't steward it properly. You won't take care of it, and that resource will be wasted. On another hand, if you're a good steward but you're not generous, we call that tight. You ever heard those people? Like, you can hear them. Like, they're so tight, they just, you can hear them walking. Squeak, squeak, squeak. That's, that's tight right there. Now, I, I, don't be nudging people around you, by the way. <laughs> Forgive me. This thing's acting up. But I had this uh, story, my, my grandfather, now they, they're tight. My grandmother's tight, like squeaks. A whole body needs to be oiled. The, the tight. And so he, my grandfather, my step-grandfather, but I call him my grandfather, excuse me, 
And he, he tells me this joke, this story. It's, it's a story. And he's, they're in their church, and he goes to a Baptist church, and they're there, and, and the, they pass the plate, by the way. They're, they're passing the plate. And this old man, uh, he hated this moment. He, like, he despised the passing of the plate. And so one time he, he reaches into his wallet, and he, he, slaps, he pulls it out, and he goes, no, nope, no, nope, it's, a, it's a $50 bill. He reaches back down in there. He's going to try to get something else. Nope. No, they pulled the same $50 bill out again, reaches back down in there, pulls the same 50 out, and he goes, oh, hell, and then put it in there. I kid you not. I kid you not. That's tight. But why would God bless you either if that's going to be your heart towards him? Because his purpose is to get the resources to the people who need it. All right? So think about the people in need. Think about all the needs. Think about all the people that need water. Think about all the people that need food. Think about all the people that need shelter. Think about all the people that need coats during the, the, the cold weather. Think about the churches that do need to be built. Think about the shelters. Think about everything that truly needs to, be, needs to happen for the kingdom of God. Think about the missionaries. Think about the ministry leaders. Think about all these things. Over here, now, you have the supply. Okay? Now, God is the supply. Think about it. God, he, he, he owns everything. He, he owns it all. Like everything belong, all the supply that we could ever need is over here. Every, he owns everything. It all belongs to God. Now, now over here is a need. Who's in the middle? Who's in the middle? You are. Exactly. God is trying to get his resources from over here to the needs over here, and guess who he chooses to use to get those resources to where they need to be? Anybody? Oh, nobody wants to say it. Oh, we can. <laughs> nobody wants to say it, right? He's going to find. He, he's going to find somebody that's going to be generous enough to get it over there. He may be. He may bless you for a little while. But if you're going to hold on to it, and you're not going to be his avenue of resource so he can get the need to where he wants it to go, he will take it up, and he will replant it, and he will put it into somebody's hands who will truly resource him. So when God blesses you, your generosity, he's looking for people who will be a river and not a reservoir. Because he's trying to get help to those people who actually need help. So when God blesses your generosity, but your generosity does not increase, you're actually damning up what God can do in your life. Think about it. Let's say the banks of what the river, the side, the sides of what God has already given you is there, and you're, and you're giving a little bit. Maybe you're tithing even, which is the first step, by the way, returning to God what belongs to him. But then God begins to bless you, and the banks begin to rise. But if, that, if the banks of the river that are coming out of you don't rise as well and they don't increase, well, then now you start to dam it up, and now you're being a reservoir rather than the river that God is preparing you for. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this next week. He gives seeds to the sower, and he gives bread for food. You need, you need to think about this. It's like nailing. It's like this. Uh, if he does this, it's a, how can... How can our, he get his generosity through his people so that he can resource the place that he's trying to go to. It's like if we're not going to steward well what God has gifted us with, 
if we're not going to manage well what God has gifted us with, then why would he trust us with more? Okay, so it's like, it's like, sorry, I'm losing my, my, my mind here. <laughs> it's like nailing one shoe to the floor, okay? It's, you're, you're going around in circles. Here you are, boom, 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 boom. That's what a lot of Christians are like. And when we're not truly living this thing out, being generous, full forward, we're living, we're living in one direction. We, we might be good stewards, we might be good stewards, and we're tight as can be, but God's not called us to do that. He's called us to be both generous and stewards. It comes back, it goes all the way back to the father, the patriarch, uh, back in Genesis 12 too, the father of the faith, Abraham, says this in Genesis 12, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. Notice this. Notice that the reason that he blessed Abraham, he says, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. There's nothing wrong with being a blessing. There's nothing wrong with God ask, you asking God, God bless me so that I can be a blessing. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, it was God's idea. Remember, whenever Ali and I, we were we were struggling in our own finances earlier in our marriage, and I was the only one working. Well, we, it was tough. We, we didn't, we'd never talked about this going into marriage and getting ready for marriage. We never talked about finances. We never discussed how to do that. We never, I just, I just made money and I spent it when I wanted to spend it, right? That's just how it is whenever you first get married. But when the real, it started to get real, and she had wants, and I didn't think about those wants, well, we had to come with a plan. Debt wasn't an option anymore. We did get into debt, but as we could see, the, the plus and minus just didn't work. Well, we did this envelope system, this Dave Ramsey envelope system, envelope system and we regulated everything according to that system. And it helped us, helped us to restructure our finances and where everything was going and how we were going to spend everything. It was the decisions were already made. And so really, in hindsight, looking backwards, God was teaching us how to steward his resources. We still tithed, we still gave, we were still able to, to do all these things. I remember one night there was a young man from the college I was mentoring, and I, the Lord put it on my heart to give him $100. I went in, Allie was sleeping, and I, I whispered in her ear, and I told her that, and I, I said, can I do this? And she goes, absolutely, do it. So I remember dropping him off at the college, and I said, here, I, I want to give you this $100. I feel like the Lord told me to do this. I just saw this young man just cry, and just, just emotional, just hit him. He needed that. A young college boy, he just, he, they don't have much money, especially this guy's situation, what he came out of. But within 10 days, Allie and I were about to go on a trip. Within 10 days, God, God multiplied that 10 times. God used somebody else to bless us financially. Now, we didn't do it to get blessed. We, do it, we did it to be a blessing. We did it because the Lord put it on our hearts, and that's what we did. We were struggling. We, we struggled all throughout that time. Uh, there was throughout that whole season, first year or two. But then in our, in our, our diligence and our stewardship, it came back around again. Wasn't, wasn't long, I guess. We, I, got a, I got a 20% raise, a 20% raise. That was huge. Allie and I were going through some struggles. We, we said, hey, we're, still, we're stewarding this thing well. We're, we're tithing. We're giving. We're we're, we're living according to a really tight budget. We learned to steward that. And then God said, you know what? I'm seeing your stewardship, and he gave us a 20% raise. And God has done things like this, more than I can tell you right now. And I want to share more of this along the way. 
But it starts with the right heart, and if the heart is conditioned well to be a good steward, now God can trust you that you won't be a reservoir for his resources. You'll be a river so that he can truly get the resources that he has for his people to the place he's designated to to be. But he's got to know that you're a person, a people, that actually carry his heart in situations, and so that when at times get that way and he wants to speak, it's no problem, no problem. No problem, because I know who the resourcer is, okay? So why talk about money? Why talk about money? Well, have you ever read the Bible? (laughs) The Bible talks about money a lot, a lot. Every time someone worshiped, in fact, they brought in an offering. In fact, God commanded the offering. God set up the tithe. A preacher did not set up the tithe. Did you know that? A preacher did not come up with this thing. We're going to call it tithe. We're going to get everybody to do it. No, that is completely 100% God's idea. And heaven and earth, by the way, will pass away, but not one word from the scriptures will pass. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So God did this. And as a matter of fact, Jesus talked about it so much, it probably would have, it probably would have offended you. He talked about it. One-tenth of the Gospels are all about money and possessions. 16 of the 38 parables are about money and possessions. Now, here's a good question. Was Jesus trying to get their money? No. No. Here's another question. Am I trying to get your money? No. You may say, well, what about that building, Pastor Nathan? What that building that you're building? That's, That's God's building. That's God's church. And God will build that church. And you say, well, yeah, well, he's going to use my money. No, he's not. He's going to use his money to do it. And I'd be very careful calling the money in your bank account your money because God can show you right quick who that money belongs to. So can I get an amen on that one? Yeah. Been there. So let me answer this straightforward as I can. So uh, God does not need your money. He doesn't need your money. In fact, that's the big question right there of your money and your, your heart and your possessions. Who's the owner and who's the steward? Who's the owner and who's the steward? Sorry, this is, I, uh, I took a Mucinex DM, and I am, like, drying out all over the place, and I feel like this wall, wall, wall. I hate that stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I've got to try something to dry this out. But God is the owner. He, own, he owns it all. He directs it through those who he chooses, who he sees will be stewards, who both stewards and generous. I'm going to give it to you if you're just tight. You're not going to give it to you if you're generous, because eventually it will be wasted and not go to the right resource. And he's trying to get it to a need, and he knows exactly what he's doing. And we'll never apologize about speaking on the subject of, subject of giving. Why? Because it actually blesses you. It, it blesses you. I, I don't know if you remember last year, Pastor Joel actually came in and he spoke, Pastor Joel Stockstill came in and he spoke on, am I generous? And at the end of that, he actually prophesied. He prophesied over Logan. Logan was sitting back there, and that, that he was a, a, a called to be a pastor. And, and, and in, since then, Logan stepped up, and he's, he's leading our youth, by the way, this Wednesday, 7 p.m. right here. And that same night, he, he, he prophesied that morning, he's prophesied over my mother, and she was sitting over here, and he talked about how she would, she's an intercessor for the church, and he went on and on. Well, a week or two before that, another, another guy's guest speaker had come in and prophesied the very similar things. Guess what? That's, that's, that's kind of nice to have, especially whenever you start going through rough times. There's words that God gives us through others and personally that we can truly hold on to. 
Because, like I said, whenever my mother was sick earlier this year, I said, wait a minute, that's not what God says. God says she's an intercessor, and she's very important to this church. And the things that this church is going to be going through, it's going to be intercessors just like what she is that is going to take them through it. So I can stand on that word, the word of God, rather on the situations that are taking place. Now, what, is that, what, is that, what does that mean? How does that have to do with any of this? God is using many situations that Satan is trying to steal, kill, and destroy with because he works all things together for the good for those who love him and, get this, are called according to his purposes. Because every purpose we have is his purpose. And we just got to discover what our purpose is in him because they're his purposes. They're not ours to lead and use. So if he's called them to, he's going to bring them through it. When we hold on that, it's levels of faith that we go, we begin to go from glory to glory. Wait a minute, this situation is not the end of my results. This situation has nothing to do with what I'm going through. This situation has nothing with where I'm going. No, I'm going to rise above this. I'm going to get over the emotions. I'm going to, I'm going to move past this. Why? Because I'm going to steward every area of my life. I'm going to steward well according to the word of God. Let me, even this. God will start, I mean, Satan will begin to challenge you in your generosity. He will challenge you in the tithe. There will be something that comes up as soon as you start to tithe and you start to be generous, and Satan's going to, uh-huh, don't you wish you had that money now? Here's what happens. I, 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 was, I had to fix a water leak this week in, my, in a main line for two and a half years, three years that line's been there. Nothing's changed, nothing hit it, nothing's moved, nothing, except for I started to pre prepare for this message series right here. And let me tell you what happened. One, I found a new appreciation for running water. <laughs> the other was, oh you, think, oh, you think God just blesses you now? You think he just covers everything? Absolutely I do. Because every one of those moments, every one of those trials that you go through, and you, are, you know that God is going to prove himself through that, you're increasing in levels of faith saying, yeah, I'm looking at the problem, but I'm looking at my father and seeing what he's doing beyond that. Nobody said that you will never, ever have problems. In fact, that's the opposite. God, Jesus said you're going to have a lot of problems. But the more we look at Jesus and we watch the Father and we continue to be faithful and we continue to do what he's called us to do and in this, this situation to continue to give in the midst of trials, we will watch him come through and watch him provide. He will provide because it's his goodness. So we'll never apologize for this. We'll never apologize for marriage, speaking on marriage. We'll never apologize for speaking on prayer. We'll never apologize for speaking on discipleship. Why? Because it blesses you. You are the benefactor of all of this as well. It blesses you. So back to the original question, no, Jesus wasn't trying to get their money. He wanted their hearts. And so therefore, he had to talk about their money and possessions in order to get their hearts. I had a, in fact, we, we right here, we protect this platform and, and the staff. We make sure that every person is on staff or leads from this platform is a tither. Why do you do that? We're not putting them under the law. Here's the deal. How can anyone lead you into the presence of God if they don't fully believe that he is the one who blesses them with everything they have? But the ones who are up here and the ones who are leading and the ones who are on staff, they see what God is doing in their lives. And they can praise and they can worship and they can lead from a, lead from a place of experience and saying, oh no, I'm taking to the place who is the blesser. I'm not the blesser, but I'm worshiping the blesser and I'm going to lead you to him so that you too can find your blessings. It is very important that we lead from that place. I want you to know, I know who Jesus is and I know he is the blesser of all. And I can't outgive God. 
I, I can't outgive God. I've watched him come through so many times, it's innumerable. And he'll continue to do it. He'll continue. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So you're, you, it may not be there right now, but if you'll actually trust God and you'll start putting your treasure there, your heart will be, because wherever it currently is, it, wherever your, tre- your treasure currently is, your heart's right there. And if it feels flat, it might be because your treasure's not in the right place. Many pastors, you've heard them say, well, where your heart is, so too is your treasure. No, where your treasure is, your heart's going to follow that. Your heart's going to follow it. Another reason God wants you to be generous is this. The church is his bride, and he wants your heart to be for his bride. And boy, whenever our heart is for his bride, our decisions start to change. The way we think about life just starts to change. It begins to get repositioned according to the purposes of his bride. And all of a sudden, there's things that guard my heart, guard my focus, guard my distractions, guard my, guard my, my sin. Because it's about his bride. And my heart is with his bride. So I start to change. I had a conversation with a pastor this week. And we were talking about, he's telling me about all the blessings that he and his family have been able to see. He, uh, he basically supports the church, does all that he can. He says they don't have a lot of tithers. Got about seven. And he, he, he was really hurting about that because he has seen God provide for him so that he can actually financially, he's, he actually pays for the church, everything that takes place at the church. And I heard him I heard both sides of it. There was a glory on the one side of it, celebrating what all God has done in his life and what God is doing with him. But then there was this other side, this weightiness of how much he has to carry because of that. And so in the midst of that, and this is what we all need, sometimes we just need people to, to bring revelation to us and, and, and speak life into us. In the midst of that, I asked him, I said, do you really believe that God blesses those who are generous? That's it. He put his head down and he said, I see what you're doing. I, I, see, I, see, I see what you're doing. I see, what you're, I see where you're going. I said, I said they come to your church because you are their leader. They see you as a spiritual leader, and they're asking you to lead them into spiritual things. Do you believe that when people are generous that God blesses that? Because I want to see if your actions line up with your words. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. <laughs> I see what you're doing. I said, they come here. He, he said this. He goes, I was hoping that I could start in Genesis and just go through the Bible, and they would, they would pick it up on their own. They come to you. God has brought them to you so that you would lead them into spiritual things so that they can be a blessing, so that they can be blessed. It's on you. And that's exactly what we're here to do. We're here to lead you into deeper things, into spiritual things that you are not yet there. And maybe you've come along some ways, but you haven't quite gone to that next phase where you know that I am a, you are a river of living water, a river of resource, a river of stewardship and generosity, and God can use me at any moment in any time for anything that he says or he wants. There's levels of this thing, and I promise you, you don't, don't stop where you're at because there's always more when it comes to Christ Jesus. There's always more. And I'm telling there's more spiritual warfare around this subject right here There is way more spiritual warfare around this subject. But I also know the other side of it, when you actually start to do it, and God truly has all of your heart through it, and you're not giving. There's a giving that says, I still want to have control over that, and I want to watch it and see all these things that are happening. That's that's not giving. That's not generosity. 
Generosity says, I'm given to the, I'm to, given to the Lord, and I'm giving it to him so he can, he can make the vision of the church in which I give it to come to fruition. Because God has, has a vision. That's what I finally encouraged this pastor with. I said, God has given you, a, given you a vision, and he's got a purpose for your church right here in Athens, Texas. And if you don't lead your people to resource the vision that God has given you, that vision is going to fall flat because of the leadership. Boy, you want to see somebody come alive. And it's so true. God has given the vision. We become a resource for God. In obedience, we give back to God, and then God makes the whole vision come to, come to life. We are, the res- we are a resource to resource, but God is the supplier, and the demand is the world. We all have needs, of course. But, so number three, being a blessing. God blesses us for two reasons. One, he blesses us because he loves us. You love your kids. You bless your kids. And, and God truly does love you. Don't struggle with that. God truly does love you. And God truly does want to bless you. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with wanting a nicer house in a better neighborhood with an extra bathroom. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong <laughs> like, with a wall on the bathroom, by the way. There's nothing wrong with, with wanting to live in a better school district. There's nothing wrong with wanting to put braces on your child. There's nothing wrong with wanting to put your children into college. There's nothing wrong with wanting your kids to have a dependable car so that they can be safe. There's nothing wrong with any of these things. But the enemy comes along and tries to tell you, oh, that's materialism. That's materialism. And if you're not giving it all to Jesus Christ, then you're doing it wrong. Well, that's condemnation. And, this, and Satan is constantly spitting out condemnation into our minds. There is nothing wrong with some, wanting something nice for your family. It just can't be Lord of your life. It can't be the reason that you make all your decisions. If we truly trust God that he is the resource, or God, here, here's my heart, here's my heart for my family, here's the heart, but I want to I be obedient to you because I know you are the resourcer and you're the one who provides. So in the midst of all that, while the desires are in my heart, I'm following the Lord and I'm being obedient to everything that the Lord is asking me to do, both through his word and through his spoken word. And so he can be a resource. He can be my resourcer. And when it's his time to resource me with the desires of my heart, I'm all in. There's a difference. This one can't be my God. I've got to have the one true God that I'm following and I'm being obedient to, and I allow him to make everything come out to fruition. However, I've got to steward very well the very things that he's giving me. So there's nothing wrong with it. God blesses us because he loves us, but he also blesses us to be a blessing. He also blesses us to be a blessing. You remember this book in the, back in the 20 years ago or 30 years ago, maybe now, it's called The Prayer of Jabez. I remember seeing this little magnet on my grandmother's uh, refrigerator every time I would run through there to grab something, some, some milk out of, the, out of the refrigerator. And it had a little magnet, it's a prayer of Jabez. And, and it's based on, this book is based on two verses in Scripture. It's a passage in First Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. It says, Now Jabez was more honorable than, than his brothers, and his mother called him his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on God of Israel and say, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my test territory, that you, your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil and that I may not, call, may not cause pain. And remember, he's been called, his name is pain. You could say this another way, so that I may bless others. 
All his life, he's been called pain, and now he just wants to be a blessing. Lord, and bless me. Now, the Lord called him more honorable than any of his brothers. Was this an evil prayer to ask for blessing? Was it evil? Was it evil for him to think, to seemingly think that he wants to be blessed? Was it evil for him to pray a prayer, and if it was, then why would God grant it? And why would God call the man who prayed, prayed it more honorable than his brothers? So an honorable man who prayed to God that he would be blessed and God granted it, why? So that he could be a blessing. So that Jabez could be a blessing. Is there something wrong with asking God to bless you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Resounding no. Is it wrong to ask God to bless you so that you can be a blessing? No. The enemy has so messed us up that we believe we should never ask God to bless us. And if anyone ever preaches on this, this stuff right here, all of a sudden it's the prosperity gospel. Let me tell you what the prosperity gospel is. Name it and claim it. You give it because your plane is coming, baby. No, I don't think so. It, don't, it doesn't work like that. And many people have been hurt because in the early eight, late 80s and early 90s, and there's still some people that still preach this. What we're talking about is a part of obedience and a heart of servanthood and a heart of listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and starting out by just doing what the Word of God says. We talked about joy last week, and we talked about just anything in your life. If you just surrender it and you bring it under the Word of God, it just starts to work. There's kingdom principles all throughout His Word. It is not wrong to be a blessing. It is not wrong to steward your finances in such a way that if you see a need and God directs you, you can meet that need. And that's what living, the bless, living beyond blessed really looks like. It's being able, having had stewarded your resources, trusting God as the resourcer, being generous, and whenever you're able to see a need, you can truly give to that need, knowing that God is the restorer and he's the supplier. When we start to think that way, live that way, it's not about selfish reasons. It's about being a blessing. There's a man that came to me uh, last, last weekend after church, and he, he said, man, I got to tell you this testimony, this thing that happened. Well, two stories. I'm going to go backwards about a year and a half. He was trying to sell his house, and he finally sold it, and then he started tithing. It wasn't within a month that he came to me, and he said, Nathan, out of nowhere, the, a $5,000 check showed up in my, my, in my mailbox, unexpected. Had no idea that it was coming. Fast forward a year and a half, this man has become more, even more generous, and I, I know his heart, uh, be giving well beyond, beyond the tithe. And he says, I, I've, he's been looking for a property in Ar Arkansas. He just kind of gave up on it, just give it some time. He goes back, and he finds a property, and the owner says, well, which one do you want? There's three lots side by side. He says, I want all three. Oh, wow, Okay. And he says, he says, you know, let's, let's settle on a price. They settle on a price. He, and the owner was going to finance it. And he was a little, a little leery about that because he's never done an owner financing. Well, they said, what, what's the interest rate going to be? And he said, well, let's just do prime, whatever prime is. I think it's, let's just say 475. So they did prime. And so he sent the paperwork. The owner sent the paperwork over, and he, he had it all filled out. And, the, and, the, and, and this guy said, well, I don't know about this. Let me, take, let me have my lawyer take a look at it. And his lawyer took a look at it. He sent it back, and he said, well, the only issue is this thing I circled. And so the, 
the guy we know is he, he calls the owner in Arkansas. He goes, well, the only issue I see, and you know, I, it's in my favor, but the only issue I see is that there's a 0% interest rate on this. And the owner goes, yeah, that's exactly what we decided to do. We decided to sell you the property with a 0% interest rate. Now, only God can do something like that. Let me tell you, if you don't think, if you don't think, people are greedy, by the way. And if you don't think God will work on your, on your behalf so that he, he can continually use you as a resource, you're painfully mistaken. Painfully mistaken. And God is, this is exactly the same thing that God wants to do with you. But we have to push through the discomfort. Because the discomfort really comes from a control or a lack of faith. I don't know what's on the other side of this thing. I don't know what that feels like. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know if. But we've got to decide, and we've got to determine in our heart, is God the one who has given you everything that you have now, or did you actually earn it yourself? And when we decide what, what the answer is to that question, we will know who is our resourcer, and we will know who we can trust in the most. And it really comes down to breaking that bondage, breaking that heart, heart string of where our treasure is, because God wants our whole heart. And if, if we don't believe that God can truly be the blesser, that he can truly bless us beyond all imagine, we will always stay plateaued in our spiritual journey, and we will never go to higher, the higher levels with him. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to lead you into higher levels. You guys can come forward. Higher levels of the Lord, from glory to glory. But if I don't take you there, you're not naturally going to go. So I want you throughout this whole month to begin to listen to the Lord, begin to hear from him. I want you to challenge this in the word of God. What I do when I've discovered something new, I, I take both sides. This is absolutely right, and I'm going to read through scripture to prove myself wrong. This is absolutely wrong, I'm going to read through scripture to prove myself right. Whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go both directions. But at some point, I've got to make a decision. And I've got to decide, what is the truth? Beyond my feelings, my emotions, how, how comfortable it is, who is God? What are his testimonies? Can God really come through? Or are you just content with the level of faith that you're at, and you're not really ready to go on to new levels? Do you just want to stay good enough? Because a lot of times, it's in our own hands. And I have this statement I say all the time. It's one of our values. You only get to keep what you give away. We don't give to get. That's the wrong heart. We give out of obedience. We're generous because God is generous. God has given us everything that we have. And to shift our focus, who's the owner and who's the steward? We've got to give it up in our hearts. It doesn't matter what it is. God's got to be first in all things in every area of our lives, every aspect. And when he is, now he can lead us and guide us. And he guides us with our eyes because our hearts are connected to him. So I want to pray for you. I want you to ask you to stand up, actually.
We're going to sift slowly through all of this, and I apologize for my six weeks of sinuses I'm trying to overcome. I don't want it to distract you from what the, what the Lord is doing with your heart. This is a very, very difficult series because our hearts are so connected to our treasures. But I'm telling you, God can resource you far above what you can even imagine. He can take you to new levels, new heights in obedience. And some of you are, are just in that place where I don't even, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. This is the first of the month. The first of the month is a test. Some the first and the 15th is a test. We get paid. And God is saying the tithe belongs to me. It belongs to him. It's not something the law made up. It's something that it grafted in. Abraham, our father of faith, gave the first 10% to Melchizedek in the middle of the in the middle of the desert. A tenth of everything that he had brought in. God shows us this pattern through in the very beginning when Cain and Abel brought in their first fruits. One brought it in over time. Cain, but Abel brought it in right there at the beginning. And it's a matter of faith to be able to bring in the first 10% of your, of your of whatever it is your increase is, your, your pay, because you're trusting God that he's going to take care of the rest and he's going to bless the rest. And that's exactly what his word says, that he will bless the rest. It all belongs to him anyway. It's like a betting match. God puts out 10, one, ten tens. I'll bet you 100. Then he says, won't you take one of those 10? All you got to do is bet that 10 towards me. We're taking from his money to give back to him, and we struggle giving back to him what he's already given to us. And I'm saying this in every way possible because I want you to be blessed, and I want you to go to new levels, and I want there to be a breakthrough in your spiritual journey. And I want you to truly trust in the Lord. And I want you to, when the emotions and the feelings and the hurts and the wounds start to come up, I want you to know that you can go to him and trust him, even through those things as well. But his heart has, he has to have your heart. Money can't buy our way out of everything. We need the Lord. When we go to places like Honduras, they need the Lord. They know they don't have medical, they don't have money for medicine. They don't have money to go to the doctor. So as, as Logan was saying Thursday night, whenever it comes time for the altar call, guess what? Every person started flooding to the front and nudging people out of the way and elbowing others because they wanted their healing. Faith. God has our heart. God has our heart and he wants yours too. So bow your heads, get in the place with the Lord wherever it is. So, Father, I just ask that you just speak through your people, Father. Speak through your people. And I pray that you challenge hearts and that you awaken, awaken, awaken the heart, Lord. Pray that you take them to deeper levels of faith in you and trusting you to return the tithe, to bring the tithe back into the storehouse, Lord, to bring you what already belongs to you. Father, I pray that you help them to ease through the pain and the struggles the lack of trust, the, the insecurities, the doubts, and 
all the thoughts that just want to steal, kill, and destroy, Father. And I pray that you open the windows of heaven to those who are obedient to your word and to begin to naturally, out of obedience but not under the law, that they naturally begin to bring in the tithe into your storehouse, Father. Your promise is that you will open up the windows of heaven. But Lord, I pray for those who are doing this and you are a blessing. I pray that you give them wisdom of stewardship, Father. I pray that you help them pull away from the things that are that are distracting them, Lord, that have become a blessing, but now they're distracting, Father, that you give them wisdom on how to steward these things that are from heaven, Father. Oh, your word says those who lack wisdom, we can ask for wisdom, and, and you will give us wisdom from above. And so, Father, we pray for wisdom. I pray for blessings. I pray for healing in this place, Father. I pray for your presence to come in and go out with each individual in this place. Father, we just ask you bless the tithe. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's just worship him because he is good.